Hello, I'm Natalie Goldberg, and welcome to a special edition of Education from an Equal. Thank you for tuning into the first ever special edition episode. Today, we're interviewing Azul Mora, who has a very interesting story to tell. In the past, she has struggled with debilitating mental illnesses that have led her to desire to shoot up her school. Luckily, she was able to receive help and is now an activist for gun violence prevention. Today, we're going to discuss how a health curriculum could have helped her, and more importantly, we're going to learn about her story and what we can learn to prevent school shootings. Hi, my name is Cecil Mora, and first, I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak up about um, my story and to use it to inspire other people and just to shed a light on these issues like mental health and how the education system can help us have a healthy state of mind, basically. Could you give us an overview of your story? To give an overview of my story, well, um... When I started middle school, I was placed in a charter school. Um, I didn't want to go to that school, but my parents put me there because uh, a family member told them that the school was a really good school, that there was no bullying and all that. Um, Well, it turned out really badly because I was actually assaulted by one student, which was my boyfriend back then. and he told a completely different story. He told that it had been consensual, and then people started bullying me about it. And, well, my mental health was deeply affected, obviously negatively. And I got to a really, I would say, a really dark place in my head, I would say that. Because I got to the point of becoming homicidal and suicidal. And I even wanted to shoot up my school and murder people, which is something that I will never fully forgive myself for. But I want to use it to help people and also to talk about how um, affected mental health can lead to very bad things. For example, I wanted to shoot up my school and that led me to being obsessed with mass murderers. Um, When Parkland happened, I got obsessed with the Parkland shooter. Um, And yeah, it was all a consequence of everything that had happened to me. but yeah, it was just a consequence of everything, of not talking about it, of not knowing what mental health was, and I hope to shed a light on this. How do you think the American education system could better cater to students like you experiencing these mental health struggles? The way that I think the American education system could help students like me is by giving them more resources and, in general, just talking more about it. Because I don't think um, schools talk about it enough. Uh, Some schools have like their mental health days or whatever, but I don't think it really helps, especially because there's students like me, for example, I'm taking three AP classes and a lot of times I get really stressed out. Um, And I don't know, I just don't think that teachers, you know, they they gave enough support. Um, For example, in my experience, like in my current school, um, teachers are really supportive. For example, this past, year yeah last year i was at a psychiatric hospital twice in average a month like if i add the days up i was i was in a psychiatric hospital twice right um and my teachers were really supportive about it um they gave me more time to complete my work but honestly i know that it's not the same for everyone and i think that 
if uh, teachers should be more supportive about it, uh, especially with kids like me uh, going through this stuff. And just in general, because everyone has mental health. Every student, every person in America, every person in the world has mental health. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely something that should be talked more about and schools should provide more resources and honestly be more open about it um, to end the stigma. And if schools are more open about it, then students will be able to come forward more confidently and say, hey, I'm feeling this way. Uh, you know, whoever it might be, like their favorite teacher, um, their favorite counselor or whatever, like they may be able to come up to them and tell them, hey, I'm experiencing this, this uh, I don't know, let's say sadness, anxiety, I'm worried about this or that. And it's a good way to shed a light just in general. And honestly, I think the education system focuses just on basically on education, on the classes and all that, but they don't focus on the factors that could be um, affecting a student's performance in school. They don't, they don't really worry about their mental health, um, and they just don't talk enough about it. They don't focus enough on it, and they just expect students to get straight A's without looking into it and thinking, hey, maybe this person is not doing too well. Um, hey, what's going on? Um, but yeah, it's something very important. How do you think that health classes specifically should address the issues of mental health, bullying, assault, and slut-shaming like that of the type that you experienced? First of all, I think that they should give definitions and educate students on what it is, what's mental health, what are mental illnesses, um, who can get mental illnesses. They should tell them that everyone has mental health. They should talk to them about what sexual harassment is, what's the difference between uh, rape, what's the difference between sexual assault, all that. Um, and maybe give space to students to talk about it anonymously. So maybe write notes to a teacher, like have a specific, a specific uh, section in the classroom where they could write anonymous notes, questions, and all that. Do you think that there are ways that the American education system can work to deal with school shooting specific gun violence issues? I don't necessarily think that there is a specific way because at the end of the day, it all comes back to mental health. It all com comes back to all those issues. So the American education system has to start focusing on that and to talk about it. Maybe after school shooting, there should be, like, which is very often, sadly, but maybe after every school shooting in our nation, every school shooting that the media covers, maybe all schools should have, like, a, I don't know, let's say, like, town halls, um, you know, within the school community and ask students, like, hey, how are you feeling? How how do you feel regarding safety? Do you have any questions for our school, for what the district can do to keep you safe? Because uh, obviously it gives people PTSD. Even if they didn't experience it, the fact that it's on, out there on the news gives people PTSD. So I think that that's, those are the ways that schools should manage it and they should talk about it with students. How can we balance sympathizing with the mental health plights of shooters to try to prevent future violence with ensuring that we are not celebrating or glorifying their actions? I think that we should sympathize with their mental health, with the shooter's mental health, and talk about it, about why they couldn't get help, 
what was it that didn't prevent them from doing that, the, uh, those atrocities. But we shouldn't really focus on them necessarily. Maybe just their mental health, that's it. But I think that it's really wrong that the media portrays pictures of them because that's exactly how I got obsessed with uh, with the Portland shooter because of its, uh, his picture. So I think that a way to prevent that from happening to other people, um, like prevent obsessions from people that are going through similar things like me, um, we should just talk about their mental health. That's it. We shouldn't really focus on their looks, on their pictures, or anything like that. The media should stop doing that immediately. And we should just talk about the importance and what went wrong. What made that person, you know, as the media says, snap. Um, but that's it. We shouldn't really focus on them aside from their mental health to prevent people from glorifying them. Because here's the thing, most school shooters are teenagers. And when you portray a picture of a school shooter and it looks like just a regular teenager, so what happened to me with a Parkland shooter was, oh, he's a teenager like me. Um, we have that in common. And then, I, and then I started looking into it and I was like, oh, I, I want to shoot at my school. And he did the same thing. And I started looking into all those factors and I was like, oh, we're the same person. Like, I even thought I was the same person. A lot of people that I met online that were obsessed with shooters, uh, with mass murderers, they thought that they were the same person, that they thought they were the same as them. And it all started with a picture. It all started because the media portrayed a, a, portrayed a picture. And it made us look similar. It made us feel similar. So it is important to talk about their mental health so that we prevent other people from going through the same thing, from killing other people, from perpetrating school shootings, all that. But we should not portray pictures of them. We should not post them online. We should not do those things because then it turns into glorifying. Most school shooters are white men. Do you think that your experience as a woman of color differentiates your story from this majority positively or negatively? For example, maybe the way that your family treated mental health or the way that you were or were not able to connect with your peers? The fact that I am Hispanic, that I am a Latina, that I am a woman of color is both positive and negative. Because I think that society, especially American society, regards school shootings as something that only that, are, that is only perpetrated by white people, and that is not true because I want to do the same thing. And it's also uh, regarded as something that is only perpetrated by men, and I'm a woman. So I think that it's positive because then it also sheds a light on people of all colors, uh, of all genders. Uh, but it's also negative because white people usually have privileges. American society, people around the world give people, white people privileges. Um, for example, black people, Mexican people like me, we don't get as much help as or attention or um, medical attention as they do. It has even been proven that it's more dangerous for black women to give birth than to white women. And therefore, we are not taken as seriously. So let's say that a woman, that a woman of color like me wants uh, threats to shoot up a school, they probably won't get as much attention because they would be under underestimated or they just wouldn't be taken seriously because they're not they're not white. Um, they're not men. Uh, so that's very dangerous because if the person does end up doing that, lives will be lost. It will trigger post-traumatic stress disorder on a lot of people. 
And at the end of the day, communities and society will be harmed again. So as I said, it's positive because I, as a woman of color, as a Hispanic, I can shed a light on this. But it's also negative because we might not be taken seriously and people like me, maybe they won't be able to get help as fast as someone who would be a white man. But if I'm honest, I did notice a difference um, in the way that my mental health was treated. Not not because of the doctors or anything, but how my parents and my family supported me. Because I've noticed that, for example, me coming from a Mexican culture in which families and people are very strict. Uh, they're always there for their kids. I have noticed that uh, American people, in general, American families, are very, like, liberal in the sense that um, they let their kids go out. They don't really talk to them. A lot of people don't talk to their kids. I have noticed that on my friends, on my peers. So I did notice a difference. And I also met other kids at the psychiatric hospital in which, like, their parents wouldn't even go visit them. Maybe they would just go once a week or sometimes they wouldn't even go at all. And my parents were there every day, so I did notice uh, a difference because of the cultures. I'm not saying that Mexicans love their kids more or anything like that, but I did notice more of like a sense of independence in white kids and than me. Like I, I think I'm independent, but I'm more. I would say I'm closer to my family than my white friends. What would you say to someone who was feeling the way that you felt when you wanted to perpetuate violent acts on your school? This is probably one of the hardest questions for me. Something that I would tell the person is, first of all, not to shut up the school. There's no point. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt other people. You're going to hurt your family. And you're not going to be able to do anything with your life anymore. You're going to ruin it. I would just tell the person to use their voice to talk, I would honestly even expose the people that are doing that to me, expose the school for not doing anything, um, do those things. Happy human beings don't go around destroying others. So they're the problem. The people that did this to me, the people that did this to you, they're the problem. You're not the problem. And there's always love out there. There's always love out there. There's always support out there. Use your voice. Use your light. Use everything. Everything that you think you have in your story, use it to help others, to enlighten others. I would tell the person to seek mental help immediately. And I would tell them to go on. No matter what life throws at you, go on. I know it's really hard, but you have to go on. And at the end of the day, you're going to be better than those people bothering you. Because they're the ones that are hurting other people. They're making you suffer. And I'm a firm believer in karma, honestly. So I would just tell them, like, hey, they're the ones that are going to end up wrong. Because mean people, bad people, evil people never end up right. They never do. So I would tell them to go on, live their life, be happy, seek um, mental help, everything they can do. Go to school, study be the best version of themselves. And then I promise you, I promise those people, I promise myself that they're going to look back. We are going to look back. Someday, we're going to look back to those days and be like, hey, not everything was lost. 
and then we're going to be happy and we're going to be proud of ourselves. And then we will be ready to use our voices and enlighten other people that are going through the same thing. What is the number one takeaway from your story that you want people to know? The number one takeaway from my story that I want people to know, to remember, is that there is hope and that you don't have to hurt others, that revenge never leads to anything better. Like, it really doesn't. And I want people to understand that hurting other people will have consequences. You're affecting other people and you're risking it. You're risking your own life. Because what if people like me, what if I had killed my bullies? I'm affecting them. I want people to realize that words hurt more than actions. Words hurt more than um, physical injuries. I want people to understand that. I want people to know that if you're out there amongst many millions of students and you want to hurt your bullies, you want to hurt other people, I want you to understand that no matter how bad you want it, no matter how bad you want to hurt them, how bad you want to murder them, you don't have to. There is hope out there. There is love out there and there is support out there. And it's all waiting for you. What is your personal opinion on the American education system, specifically in terms of mental health curriculum in health classes? My personal opinion on the American education system regarding mental health is that they don't really take it seriously. And if they do, they don't really give enough resources for students uh, to learn what mental health is and to ask for help. They're not really focused on it. Schools don't really focus on it. They don't really talk about it. Uh, there's a lot of stigma surrounding it. And that is definitely something that the American education system has to work on. Thank you so much, Azul, for being vulnerable and sharing your incredible and important story with us today. We're all so thankful that you were able to receive help in order to be here with us today and enlighten everyone around you with your story. Here are the biggest takeaways from this episode. Mental health must be discussed in health classes so people in Azul's position have an outlet to understand and express what they are going through. Additionally, the portrayal of school shooters in the media must change, as current portrayals often allow teens to relate to the shooters and empathize with them, just like Azul did. We need to talk only about their mental health and how they were sick and needed help, not create a narrative surrounding their actions that allows teens to relate to them. Thank you so much for tuning in to the fifth episode of Education from an Equal, Season 2. Thank you so much for all of your support this season. We will be returning later this year with the third season, and expect a season two recap episode in the next few weeks. In the meantime, visit the website, www.educationfromanequal.com, and remember to follow the podcast on Instagram at Education from an Equal Podcast. See you next time on Education from an Equal.